It's hard to hear the truth with so many people talking. Join your host as he engages in unfettered conversation with folks sharing their perspective on how businesses, political policies, technology, and world events impact their families and communities. If you want to turn your thoughts into actions, listen to the Brother of Light, dropping wisdom in your left ear and knowledge in your right. should be at the heart of leadership because they're individual talents, abilities, and ideas, right? So why are so many organizations missing the mark with attracting, developing, and retaining high-performing talent? Join us on the Folks Unfettered podcast as we explore these questions and many more with an exciting lineup of guests on our upcoming series entitled of leadership available on your favorite streaming platform and make sure to like and subscribe to the channel thanks folks for joining us on this uh, episode of folks unfettered um, we are excited to launch our inaugural series entitled the alchemy of leadership uh, one of the concepts that we have in the program is to identify those entrepreneurs and people in the small to medium-sized business space who are really uh, pioneers um, in connecting small businesses in their community. And so we're highlighting those investors, those small business owners uh, who have a unique perspective on the future of not only just small businesses, but also leadership and have some strategic initiatives in play that are going to uh, benefit um, small businesses globally. We're excited today about our first guest. Um, Mr. Steve Beeman. Steve, how are you today? I'm fine, and what a pleasure it is to join you. Thank you. So uh, what I'd like to do is just uh, start out with a little bit about your bio. I'm going to tell my, uh, my audience a little bit about you. Uh, it seems like you and I have had a, had a similar background, although you've been, um, your story is actually very unique. Um, you are, and just correct me if there's anything that's incorrect, but uh, you're a self-taught, self-made millionaire. You went from the depths of financial despair to the heights of prosperity, both personally and professionally, um, and you've survived all that. You've seen it all. You're a father of six children, um, and you do have a faith in uh, Jesus Christ, and you're a founding partner with the Chicago Investment Analytics, which was a research firm that was sold to Charles Schwab in, in about 2000. Um, that's a, a brief synopsis of your background. Would you like to just fill us in on some of the finer points and details? Oh, Gene, I could go all day. It has been my blessing in my life to continually be involved in small business and startups. I think the only time I worked for a larger company was my period with Charles Schwab after they bought us. Mm -hmm. So I've spent my life down in the trenches with the people who start these things. And it is a, it's a world of highs and lows. After selling CIA, as it was better known, to Charles Schwab, I entered the world of private equity. And I've been involved now in funding all kinds of different businesses. But about five years ago now, I began thinking about what to do with the second half of my life. And I joined together with some friends of mine, and we created what is now known as the Elevare Club. 
as an organization dedicated to helping small businesses thrive and prosper in an increasingly difficult environment. Mm -hmm. And so we work diligently to provide the tools and services and resources that the small businesses need to, again, help them thrive in this world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's actually really exciting. And that, that, um, you know, that really aligns. And I know Steve, you and I know some of the same people, right. Uh, that are involved in, in this, um, in this initiative that you have, but that's just one of the companies that you have. I know you have Cashify, Merchant Master LLC, Job Performance LLC, or Job Performance LLC, and Exiva Ltd. Limited LCC. Yeah. The and, way this all evolved is I tried to put together a suite of companies mm -hmm. that all serve the needs of small business. So we started with a payment processing company because so many people have so many problems there. Mm -hmm. We then started an HR company to create a product that could help small business improve their hiring. Mm -hmm. We then started an accounting firm and then followed up with a capital providing firm, which is mm -hmm. Cashify. So in our internal companies, we provide capital, accounting, payment processing, HR help. But under the Elevere umbrella, we also provide health insurance, banking, travel services, mm -hmm. um, a whole suite of additional services, all of which are critical to the small business. Right. And, you know, it's interesting, Steve, because one of the things where you and I resonate, um, and I know you and I had a, a, a conversation prior to that, um, is the need for small businesses to have these services that the Elevera Club is actually fulfilling. And I can't tell you, I know you and I have, uh, have a similar background. I was at Merrill Lynch and, and uh, a few other Wall Street firms. And one of the things that I found, and in, 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 um, please jump in, um, either confirm or deny, but is that uh, small businesses, when most people think of small business, they think about someone in their, in their garage, right? Um, some don't realize that small businesses can have thousands of employees. And so a small business is something that we do by uh, um, their revenue, their, their revenue rate, right? So we look at it, Gene, on two dimensions. We look at it by revenues and numbers of employees. Mm -hmm. And in the world we live today, a company doing $100 million in revenues mm -hmm. can be considered a small company. Correct. When they go to a bank and they're looking for funding through the bank or they're looking for a payment processor or they're looking for these other resources, they oftentimes are segregated out mm -hmm. of the mid-sized companies from the banking community as being too risky because they're small. Right. Granted, we're too on the small end of that but nonetheless small can actually be pretty big by most people's standards right that's correct and that's one of the things where you and i found alignment is the fact that small business owners in trying to help them build out their infrastructure and figure out what it is that they don't need what actually what they need um that is one of the things that actually attracted um me and my firm to the air club because we were working in that space as well from a management consulting standpoint, we understood the need for leadership development uh, and training, as well as strategic planning, and actually how to increase operational efficiencies and, and effectiveness. And that led us to the podcast today, where, or at least the conversation today, where you and I were going to have a discussion, how small, how our listeners that are small business owners are thinking becoming business owners are looking to transition, and maybe they're going to inherit a business. What is it that they don't know that they need that the Elvira Club is providing for them and how we can walk them through that entire process. And so that led to the conversation of the alchemy of leadership. 
because what we're doing, Absolutely. what you're doing is pretty, you know, what you're doing is pretty amazing. At the outset, whether they come to the Elevare Club or find these services elsewhere, there are certain basic things all entrepreneurs need to understand. It has often been said that if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Mm -hmm. And there is no more true statement than that. So the idea of building a plan, an operational plan, to help guide you through what we think of as the launch phase is critical. And we offer a whiteboard session to our members to help them understand the need for pro forma development, mm -hmm. for forecasting tools, for looking at the business from where it can go wrong to try mm -hmm. to preempt some of the problems. And we find more often than not, the entrepreneurs so busy worrying about their product, they don't think much about their business and that can lead to real problems. That's right. No, you're absolutely right. That's where, you know, I, I call that working in the business and not working on the business, right? You're exactly right. Right, so you get so caught up in, 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 in focusing on a tree that you forget that there's an entire forest that you have to, make, have to set your sights on. And so most of, those small, most of those small business owners actually will get caught up in, I need to make money today. I need to have revenue today. And, that, and that's fine. You have to because you have to keep the lights on. As opposed to, yes, I need money and revenue today, but what are those activities and product positioning that I can do that can allow me to position myself in a marketplace to where not only do I care about today, which are my micro needs, but also... How do I make sure that my business is sustainable based on my macro objectives? Again, that is just so very true. One of the things we find talking with our small clients is often they have not opened their eyes to the ideas of funding that are available, mm -hmm. whether it be short-term cash through debt mm -hmm. or sometimes through an equity offering through mm -hmm. crowdfunding or a small offering. There are ways to fund companies that people should be aware of, but often they're not. And through the club, we like to introduce our people to these ideas and then start building out their books so they can control what they're going to build. And I can't stress that enough. So often we see small companies that have ignored their accounting and a year, two years into it, they regret it immensely. So we try to get them started off on the right foot on their accounting and their hiring practices. We try to get them to hire the right people right out of the gate mm -hmm. because hiring the wrong person when you're starting up can cost you the business. That's exactly right. And isn't the, and you led right into something that is a problem that I've identified with, with one of my partners, uh, Solutions 21, to where we're looking at, for the first time in our history in business, and this is a global issue, to where we have four or five generations we're multi-generational organizations and so something's going to happen where there's going to be a silver tsunami where those with the experience and the knowledge and the expertise are going to leave those organizations and the hope is that they're going to pass that information on to people that they've identified as their next leader right and they're dealing with yeah. on top of that they're also dealing with the great resignation and, and how you are going to pivot in an era of hybrid work and a new mindset of those younger generations because they think about it differently than those of us that have been around for a while, right? And so that becomes particularly highlighted when you're looking to try to grow 
um, I'm going to rephrase that. Do you find that it is particularly challenging for small businesses to grow their organizations given that information? I think there are so many things there. The short answer is yes. We not only have the generational transitions going on, but we have what I'll call societal transitions going on. The nature of work is changing because of technology. Mm -hmm. And people that are now coming out of high school and college feel that change much more than those of us who are in our later 40s or 50s or 60s. Mm -hmm. And so their expectations of work have changed. Their belief in the process of work has changed. And I think those of us who are leaders in these companies, and whether you're a two-person company or a 200-person company, you need to be sensitive to the transitions that have taken place in the society that do make it more difficult to hire the right people. While mm -hmm. there's more talent out there, and there is, you've got to sift through the chaff to get to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, uh, so how do you, how does the Elevator Club meet that need? What you just said. How do you help educate and guide um, those organizations with those very real world? Um, we need solutions now, um, problems that they're facing. Well, Gene, as you and I've talked, we provide both what I call soft services as well as tangible tools. The soft services include education. We have a comprehensive business organization training program that we try to put our members through, and that teaches them how to build a business plan, how to build operational metrics, how to understand the future of what they're trying to build, how to put structure around it. So we provide comprehensive education. Then we tie into that tools, like in the hiring arena, we have a product called the Job Fit Assessment, mm -hmm. which we recommend strongly all of our members use for any salaried employee hire, because it gives them that insight to know they're hiring the right person. Mm -hmm. We wanna make sure they have the right capital, so we look at Cashify to provide the capital they need. We wanna make sure their accounting's clean, so we use our accounting company. And we want to go into things like health insurance. Are you using traditional health, health insurance or are you open to cutting costs and maybe using one of these cash paying services? Um, they're really effective and we have a real strong partner there. So there's a lot we do from startup to growth. And I think it's that continuity that provides the value to the members. Right. And that, that is a much needed value. And so how do members, how do small businesses, how do small to medium sized businesses connect with the Elvira Club? How are you presenting this information? The first thing that people need to do is go to elevaraclub.com and it's a, there's a sign up there. The annual dues to be a member are $950, although we do allow people to pay $100 a month if they're cash tight. Um, so they can do it you know, those two ways. When we do that, we immediately introduce them to our club manager and to our concierge. One of the unique things about the Elevare Club is that we treat it like a private club. So all of our members are assigned to a concierge. That person's job, their reason for living is to make our members succeed. Mm -hmm. So they will immediately be on the phone and in email communication or Zoom communication, talking to the new member about what their business is, how it works, what they need. And they'll introduce them to our new metaverse which is our new forward-looking platform 
that we use to network and educate and bring people together. So it's a very active engagement. And again, it starts when they go to elevareclub.com and sign up. They get a concierge right away. That's that's awesome. And so one of the things that really is awesome, and I know that one of the things that you and I had discussed was you have a pretty ambitious vision for the Elevare Club. You're not just talking about small businesses in America, are you? No, and this is something we have had great discussions about because I believe when I talk about the American dream, it's something that is culturally unique to America. It's the idea that you can start with nothing and grow through the economic strata. Around the world, that's a much more rare thing. Mm -hmm. But we would very much like the Elevare Club to become global and be able to show people in Asia and South Africa and Africa, you know, continental how this works and how the solopreneurs can become entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And we would like to work with them to help build in them the economic success that small business has created in this country. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So, so let me, um, let, let me dig in here just a little bit uh, with you um, because what you're really, what I really hear you saying, and I want to highlight this and for you to expound on is this just, just, this is more than just providing a suite of services for small business owners. You're actually talking about changing the lives of individuals and their families. And if I have that right, based on what I understand about some of the articles that you've written, your, your uh, five paths, because it seems very holistic and spiritual to me. Is, it, is that about fair assessment? Gene, if you could see me now, you'd see me standing up ready to pound the table. You are exactly <laughs> right. I believe I wrote a book called The American Dream Under Fire, and people thought it was political, and it wasn't. Mm -hmm. It's about a cultural shift where people are losing the belief that they can live better tomorrow than they did yesterday. Right. And I will do anything in my power the rest of my life to restore that hope and restore that ambition in people because I believe in it, and I think everybody wins. It's not a political issue. It's not left, right. It's not, It's all about building the best life you can build. And if you have the, in, the inclination to become a solopreneur, an entrepreneur, a small business person, let us help guide you. Let us mentor you in that process. You and I have talked about your coaching opportunities. Right. We love coaches for our, our members. We love it. Right. And that's one of the right. And that's what really brought us into alignment is, in my experience, I have found it to be one of the most unplanned for necessary skills, if I'm saying that correctly, that small business owners overlook, businesses, organizations as a whole actually overlook is their most valuable resource, the most valuable capital they have, which is human. And we, I said this to a small business owner that I was mentoring a few days ago. I said, you have, there's three focuses, and I was thinking about it, and it really spurred from our conversation, Steve. And I said, you have three ways to look at things. You can look at it as a job. You can look at it as a career. You can have a job, a career, or a calling. And a job is something that you can choose, and you can work it for, you know, a while. And that job can grow into a career, or you can leave that job and take another job. A career is a resulting 
um, byproduct of a job that you have done for so long that it becomes something that you become more proficient. These two things are different than a calling because you can choose a job and a career, but a calling actually chooses you. And one of the things that I have found in our coaching and mentoring of small business owners is to have them assess their organization and themselves so they know which role they're filling. And if we are doing a job and a career and we're missing the calling, then you're going to have an organization that is going to run its course for a certain period of time and not necessarily continue past its founder's initial vision and passion for a particular industry. A calling is something that you're able to tell other people and share from that energy and that excitement to move on. It sounds like to me, my friend, that what you're talking about is helping people find their calling like you found yours. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, what we try to do is get to, like you've done, get to the core of why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. And I tell people very openly, if you start a business and your goal is to make money, it'll fail. Right. Very few, if any, companies succeed because, quote, the goal is to make money. People succeed in their business because they passionately believe they can serve a customer or a client with a better service or product than anyone else. One of our clients is a baking company here in Chicago, and it's called Silver Spoons Bakery. I urge all of your listeners to order some cakes from Tamara. She has an absolute calling to make the best cakes ever. Mm -hmm. That's her life's thing. That's it. That's what she does. What Elevere does for her is allow her to do that because we take over the back office. We do the accounting, the financial planning, the, all the stuff, the funding. We take care of that. She focuses on building the better cake. Right. And so, folks, if you go to theoverclub.com, you will see Tamara's story. You guys put a video on there. Can you expound on her story a little bit? Because she was really excited about um, her affiliation that she has at one a major airline and how you helped her, how the Elevator Club helped her get there. Gene, we are thrilled about this. First, we have a very deep relationship with the Service Corps of Retired Executives, which is the SBA group that helps, especially solopreneurs, kind of launch their companies. Tamara had been involved with the Service Corps of Retired Executives here in Chicago, and I know those people pretty well. They called me one day and said, listen, we've got someone who's a little bigger than we can handle. I think she's ready for you guys. And so we went and met with Tamara. She had just signed a major contract with American Airlines after a whole lot of prayer and a whole lot of work. <laughs> and so this was one of those situations where she said, I can do that, I can do that. How am I gonna do that? Mm -hmm. And so we were able to sit down with her again. We provided the funding she needed to get the additional equipment and get the additional operating cash. We provide the accounting services. And then we're going to expand into her online offering. We're going to help her build that. So we have been able to partner with her and track her as we go. And that is a story we repeat time after time after time. Mm -hmm. We just picked up a new company down in New Orleans. If I were proper, I'd say New Orleans. But um, <laughs> right. they come to us and ask for money, and we introduced the Elevator Club, and they said, wait a minute, you do much more than money. And we said, yeah, because that's one component. So we're bringing them on to use our accounting, our processing. They're likely going to use our life or our health insurance. So we have these stories all over the place. And 
All we want to do is spread the word. If you want to be a solopreneur and you want to migrate to an entrepreneur and migrate then to a business, let us mentor you mm-hmm. and let us kind of ride that wave with you. It, it works. Right. And, and you're absolutely right. And that's one of the hallmarks of why our organization started fo- uh, focusing on leadership development, strategic planning, and operational efficiencies and, effective, and effectiveness as far as improving that and how it actually affects your ROI, how it actually uh, affects your profitability. Most importantly, it unifies your organizational culture so that you can have, you can continue as an ongoing concern. And in you and I's conversation, Steve, you're very, very, very passionate about this need to take a holistic approach to organizations, small and medium sizes. Where did that passion come from? What was the light bulb that clicked in your head that said, we're missing the boat here. Something has to be done. I think that's like one of the nicest questions that's ever been asked of me. And I'll tell you where it, I think, stems from. As I said earlier, I've spent my life in small business. I've seen major successes. I've had failures. Mm -hmm. And I've looked back at my wins and my losses and the people I know. And as I said, it was about four or five years ago, I said, I've got to do something in my life to help these people. Mm -hmm. And as I looked at the basic needs we put together the suite of services. But what got me with you and what made me really like you, Gene, is your understanding of the nature of leadership. Mm-hmm. And very few people really understand what that means. And you do. And so we've talked about adding you to our Elevator Club offering. Right. And I think to a select group of our members, that would be a terrific add-on because leadership in that in that company builds culture it builds continuity it builds the operational excellence that people want and absent leadership it all just becomes chaos absolutely right and and i really appreciate you saying that i I really do you know like you you hit that sort of wall right in your life where you you realize you're not going to put on your you know your long galoshes and grab a fishing pole and, and hit the lake every day because you have a lot of life left. And what really attracts me to the Elevator Club is that you and the, and the people that we know there really get it. And it's, it's so timely. And I believe that we all, there's always a win-win-win, right? When we start focusing on people that have a dream and a goal like our, like our, like our fathers and our grandfathers had for the most part. And that's why I entitled this series The Alchemy of Leadership because we are spending our time mining the goal of wisdom in groups and individuals, trying to capture their creative brilliance to produce extraordinary results. And that really is the goal of leadership. And I think sometimes we miss the boat. That leadership, really good leaders, we make ourselves obsolete. And it's, it's not a zero-sum game in leadership. It is a calling that we pass on from generation to generation. I believe, as, 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 as I've studied leadership, that it was really this sort of um, static idea that because you had a position and a title, that made you a leader. And then you would have this sort of shadow organization within an organization 
when the real leader um, was helping to drive organizational culture sitting around the water cooler. How do we capture those two competing thought processes and merge them to a healthier organization? Without transformative leadership, you, we don't get to where we need to be. And that's where our goals align. Would you, would you agree with that? That's where our goals align is there. We don't just, and we're not just looking at making copycat individuals. We take a tailored approach to help those organizations go from solopreneur, entrepreneur, entrepreneur to a small business because they are not only affecting themselves and their families, but they are absolutely impacting their communities, which is what we all need at that point. Gene, I'm telling you, there, I, there are times I hear things and I just wish I could spread it around the world. And what you just said is one of them. The idea of leadership is so misunderstood that oftentimes the leader in the organization isn't the outspoken person. They're the quiet one. Mm -hmm. They're the one trusted source people go to and they always have that belief in what they're doing. And it's a belief that transpires and transforms through the, the organization. And then you can get operational people. You know, you and I could talk every day. If someday I'd like to talk about what I've called the 10, 10, 10 economy. Right. Well, I think like, today can be that day. <laughs> I, I think it's real. And I think as technology grows, people in their function will be replaced by technology. Mm -hmm. So it's the leadership skills, it's the operational skills and knowledge and wisdom they have that will differentiate them from the technologies. Right, so, wow, that's a really good point. Um, do you wanna spend a few minutes and, and really expound on the 10-10-10 economy? Gene, I'll be happy to. You and I, I'm telling you, I could go all day with you. I love it. So as I've written a number of books on technology, and I have been involved in the nature and future of technologies for a long time, one of the things that was almost an epiphany to me about 10 years ago is what I call the transition to a post-capitalist economy. We have grown up, you and I, in industrial capitalism. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, for the Western world, it has been massively successful, not universally, but generally. I think we've created something unique. But as we go forward, because of technology and because of its ability to replace manual labor, and that's not just McDonald's, that's hospital surgery centers, all kinds of labor, what I believe is going to happen is you're going to split the economy into four groups. 10% of the people will be owners. Mm. That is the solopreneur, the entrepreneur, the, the business owner. 10% will be innovators. And those are the people who develop the new technologies and the new ideas to run these things. 10% will be operators. And those are the people who are needed. The other 70% really will be struggling to find out where they fit in because technology will be doing those jobs. And I think it'll take a long time to get there, but I think we're already seeing it. Um, this is something that I think is real, and it's why I go to our passion about small. We're dislocating people out of the traditional economy. They're create. I just saw that Gen Z is starting companies. They want to be entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. well, we want to be there to help the Gen Z folks mm -hmm. as they say, how do I do it? We want to show them how. Right. And this is what makes it a perfect marriage is because we are looking for one of the things that we're actually teaching in our organization is 
how our generation can communicate on a multi-generational platform effectively enough to identify those next leader now. In fact, uh, through Solutions 21, we have a next leader now workshop that we do. And, you know, we're never a one and done um, with that organization that Folks International Group is actually uh, affiliated with. We're never one and done. We will stay with you through the entire process, right? Where we fit in what we call our ideal um, partner, if you will. And it's interesting, Steve, something you said, because I believe you're right. As we look at digital transformation, moving into the metaverse, we talk about um, uh, equity as far as having access to the metaverse, right? And so it's interesting to me how, what are we going to do with that 70% that's going to be left out of this new economy? We're either going to have to have some type of very expensive prosperity program, or we're going to have to educate, groom, train, or develop, if you will, those individuals to smart to come out as solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, and small businesses. Is that a fair assessment to the conversation we're having right now? Gene, I think you're dead on. And I think it's not a bleak future for many. I think you'll end up with a guaranteed living wage. I think that's almost inevitable. Mm -hmm. But I think that of the displaced peoples, you're going to have massive numbers of them starting their companies because they have a passion for a product or a service that's unique to them, like Tamara with her baking goods. Mm -hmm. We have that all over the place. And the only thing stopping them from growing and succeeding in their own company is it's driven by fear because they don't know what the future would hold there, uncertainty because they don't know what they're doing, and that fear of a lack of knowledge. It's the old thing. I'm not scared of what I don't know. I'm scared of what I don't know I don't know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we believe that guys like you out you know, preaching your message every day as you can, companies like us who support the efforts of these people – we think we are going to be critical to providing a better life for those people who want it. And exactly right. And, you know, and Steve, I'll share this with you. I haven't really shared this um, with you before, but, you know, I had this goal, this initiative, and that's why I'm attracted to the Elver Club and, and, and really providing um, our suite of services to your members. We can have so many very large organizations, even in the banking um, industry, which is where you and I come from. And it is always nice to take a new branch and open it up in a underserved neighborhood. And that's a great initiative through the Community Reinvestment Act. I think you're familiar with that as well. One of the things as I've worked my way through corporate America that I started thinking about is wouldn't it be really revolutionary and actually really capitalistic of us to encourage people within their neighborhoods to train them and develop them to start their own banks, to compete with the larger banks. That instead of buying a fruit product, teach those very people how to create that fruit product. Instead of buying a certain brand of a vehicle, teach those people how to create their own vehicles, right? And so that is that old biblical philosophy of teaching man to fish, right? As opposed to giving him a fish. 
smile on my face. Right. Because you are hitting, it's absolutely true. You take a big bank and put a branch in an underserved community, it's still a big bank. Right. Policies, procedures, and practices mm -hmm. are still geared. The old joke about a bank is the only time they give you money is if you don't need it. They're so regulated, they're a public utility now. What we need is that entrepreneurial juice mm -hmm. to get these companies started. And it may not be through traditional banking. That's correct. It may be through a credit union. It mm -hmm. may be through alternative funding. Mm -hmm. It may be through a number of different things. But we need to help people open their eyes to all of the options and then guide them through the forest. That's exactly right. And that's one of the most attractive things about you and your organization that you're doing. You have got you have some relationships with individuals that see the vision and you're having conversations around how we can better serve small business owners. That's really correct. Absolutely. It's all about that. And, you know, when you talk about equity, and I think in my life, that's as a Christian man, that's a hugely important thing. Mm -hmm. The question isn't whether we believe in equity. The question is, how do we get there? Mm -hmm. And I think we get there by empowering individuals to be, build a better life for themselves and their family. Right. I, I think that's the only way to build sustainability to that goal. Mm -hmm. And I think it's in all of our interest to see that occur. Mm hmm. And so in, in asking that, and, and you've undertaken this because you, you've done so much in your career and you've, you've been at this for quite some time and you, you, you've hit that sort of um, moment of epiphany to where we sort of get outside of ourselves, right? Yes. How, have, how has the feedback been from the small business community? What type of feedback are you receiving for individuals as they hear your message and that of the Elevator Club and success stories that you guys have within the organization within that organization. We have been very blessed with the response we're getting. I think you have kind of two different things. People say, "Wow, I can get access to all that, and I can become a member of this club." Mm -hmm. And then you get the, "What is the metaverse? Mm -hmm. What does that really do? What does it really mean?" I mean, they hear a lot about advanced technologies. They hear about cryptocurrencies. They hear about NFTs, which are really strange. But um, what we're trying to do is answer for them, listen, we're about basic things. Let's start with your business. What do you need to make it grow to the next position? Do we need to build stability in it first? Do we need to get you out of a hole? Do we need to put growth in play? What can we do? And that's where that whiteboard session comes into play. Mm -hmm we need to do to help you achieve your goals for this business because gene as you said when people succeed in these things they don't just help themselves they help their family they help their community they help everybody involved and the trickle down effect to other companies that support them is enormous mm -hmm. that's right and i it is it is it is actually right exponentially um enormous and it really strengthens the overall american economy right Absolutely. And I believe it's the solution to global poverty. I really, really do. And you know what? This is where you and I are very much aligned. I believe it is as well. I think we have this idea. And, 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 and walk with me on this one, Steve. I, I believe we have this idea, at least I know I did, that somehow my goal, because of my generation, was to work for an organization for 30 or 40 years, get the gold watch at the end of the rainbow, and then sail off into the sunset. And obviously, as you and I both learned, life happens. And you find yourself sometimes in a job 
to where you're a tad bit unsatisfied and maybe underutilized. And you really have that burning desire to do something different. And what clicked for me is that I realized that I wasn't unique in that feeling, that there were more people like me. And, and as I read your bio, I believe you had a very similar experience. And so when we meet our tribe, how has, how has the Aravera Club differentiated itself from other organizations that have tried this type of initiative before? That's a real challenging question, Gene. And I think if we were to have a whiteboard session done with us, which we do frequently, it's a question always about how do we offer value? How do we differentiate? And there's two things that I believe. I believe that almost every business we're involved in at the core is a commodity. There's going to be countless metaverses. There are countless finance companies. There are countless accountants. All of these things are a commodity. Where we want to excel is to have each of those verticals be the best in class it can be mm -hmm. so that our funding is the best funding company. Our accounting is the best accounting company. And then by aggregating into one ecosystem, all of these companies, we can then go to our members and say, you've got the best of the best sitting right here. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a little bit akin to education where I think education is changing now where instead of traditional university, you go online and you can get the best professor in mathematics, right. the best professor in physics, the best professor in engineering, social sciences, and you can build your own curriculum of the best of the best. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit like the Elevator Club. We allow you to come in and have the best of the best, and it's in the entirety of the ecosystem that there's value. Mm -hmm. That's actually amazing. And I'm going to ask you this. Is there an opportunity for your members to connect with other members? Let's say that, that you know, that they have a uh, affiliate service or product that they can use. Is that encouraged within the Elevator Club? Meaning if I'm, um, if I have a tire company and someone else has a trucking company, then we as two business owners can get together and try to work together to build out a, uh, to use the ecosystem so that we can both grow. Absolutely. Okay. No question. We want to promote people's products within the club. Mm -hmm. Within the Elevator Club, bear in mind that it's a digital club, so it can be anything we ah, want. There it is. We, okay. we have local clubs. So, for example, we have a Dallas club. We have a nice manager down there and a concierge, and they serve our Dallas community mm -hmm. quite well. But it also allows us to have custom clubs. So if we have, for example, doctors, well, we'll have the Elevator Club for doctors. We'll have the Elevator Club for attorneys. We'll have the Elevator Club for truck drivers. I mean, we'll, we'll have those special clubs within the club that serve those people, as well as both local, regional, and national networking events. Mm. Wow, that's huge. And so when did you found and start the Elevator Club? Like, how long has the Elevator Club been, been in existence? It started under another name in 2016. Um, we went through several variations until we settled on the Elevator Club about six months ago. Mm -hmm. um, we have been providing education to small business through another organization for years. And we've been providing all of these various tools for years, you know, since 2016. But it really was lacking the kind of continuity 
that we wanted. So we created the Elevare Club as this encompassing ecosystem. Mm -hmm. It puts a wrapper around everything to bring it together with the concierge services so that our members can get access to everything we do, as well as thought leaders like you on this podcast. Mm -hmm. We would like to put this up in our metaverse. Absolutely. Uh, we, we think that the you know sharing the best of the brightest thought leaders is important. So mm -hmm. Elevare is about education. It's about motivation. It's about you know, it's all of that stuff. And so it just, it's a passion for me. You can tell. No, it really I is. I know it really is. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it is for me as well, because as a small business owner myself, that is whenever you go and you, you look at someone to assist you with helping you grow your business. And a lot of times organizations are so disjointed, like you just said, that it really, does become sort of a second job in and of itself. First, you got to find out what you need. What if you discover what it is? You know, if you need anything, if you, you know what I mean. Like when you hit that, like oh my gosh, I need a system with X Y Z. And then you have to get all this information that you have to decipher and digest while you're trying to run your business at the same time, and it becomes this almost insurmountable feat of just information overload and all these different avenues you can go through that makes it really even more emotionally challenging for small business owners. How has the Elevator Club helped those business owners deal with that sort of scenario? I, I want to give you two comments from members. One member said to me, Steve, I love this. I got a guy. It's the idea that you got a guy. You got a concierge you can call with any need you have. Secondly is Tamara, or the baker we talked about here. When we started, we said to Tamara, we've got your back. I think she was a little leery of that. She's like, do you really? Mm -hmm. And she found that we really do. The nature of the club itself is to give people that support structure that they can thrive and prosper. It's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And so the concierge network that we have, the ability to integrate directly with those business owners and take that emotional burden off of them, it's just highly valuable. It's, wow. Yeah, it really is. Gene, that you're on this. I can't tell you how pleased I am to share this time with you. I, I talking with you and I don't get enough chance to interview you in this because it's your show. It's okay. But I hope people get to know you. I hope they understand what you're trying to do because the coaching and connecting you do mm -hmm. and the leadership development is so critical. Mm -hmm. it, it it it's not soft. It's hard. It's you gotta know this stuff. Yeah, you really do. And I, I really appreciate you saying that, Steve. And and, and I'm gonna shoot a straight story and maybe it will help the other club's members and it's uh, and if you don't mind, um even though, you know, and I'm glad to hear you say, you know, the, the, the folks on Fettered Show um, is is what it is. But I don't really look at it as, as my show per se. It's sort of a play on my last name. You know how down south we'll say, how are you folks doing? And so it just happens to be my last name with folks. And, and it really is a, a, a way for us to have, I hope, to have really engaging, open, relaxed conversations that we can really start solving problems, right? Not just words and rhetoric to where we solve problems. 
And I'll just, if you, if you will indulge me for a moment, because really this really is about you, your journey, your story in the Ever Club, but I just want to relate um, and, and why I actually am signing on to the Ever Club to assist with this initiative and goal and dream of yours, vision, because we are on a very similar journey. But when I left, you know, Merrill Lynch, and most people will probably know my, know my story when it comes to that, I had been a corporate person for quite a, 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 a bit of time prior to that I was in the military. And I always had this dream of owning my own company one day and, and, and really trying to live out my full potential. As I made mistakes in business along the way, as most small business owners do, right? <laughs> yep. Because of the initiative that I took, and, and I hope he doesn't mind, I'm gonna mention his name, and you know him as well as I do, I came across um, our mutual friend, Robert McDaniel. And through our breakfasts, I began to realize that we weren't just two business professionals having breakfast that was growing into a friendship, but I actually was involved in a mentor-mentee relationship and being coached because of you know Robert's experience that was making me better, right? And not to toot Robert's horn because he won't toot his own, but it really became something that I found that I would reference and the importance of that relationship of me having a mentor and a coach within my own organization to guide and walk me through that process. And this has been going on now for, for 12 years or so. And because of his mentorship, he led the relationship with, with you and put that put our, us together because he saw our, our, our um, similar vision and passion for small business. I say that to say that it's, I'm not just having this conversation with you on the podcast, which is why the podcast was created in the first place, was to present a platform like this for individuals like myself who may be sitting somewhere at some point in their lives figuring, I'm either too young, I'm either too old, I don't have the right background, I didn't go to the right to college, right now I'm sitting, you know, eating, you know, pasta with garlic salt, right? Who's gonna take me seriously? Who am I to have this dream and this need and this desire to do better for myself and my family? And, and I would say that they have the same skills and the opportunities that all of us have, even though we know in some cases there's systemic and institutional challenges. But it encouraged, and I would encourage every listener and everyone you share this with on your website to find someone that you respect that may be different than you and just go to breakfast with them and listen and have a conversation and make that a regular engagement to really sort of this journey that we're having, Steve, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, of uh, entrepreneurship and now moving into purpose and calling, it, it really is about being vulnerable. And it really is about being open. And it really is about the internal struggle, right, in ourselves 
to do to to make because this is a hard journey at least it's been hard for me and now i'm at that point that the only way that i'm going to get better is to surround myself with my friend robert mcdaniel daniel and you and some of the people that we're doing at the over club and to my listeners and to the listeners and the members of the Elver Club, this is why I have signed on. Because I need to be coached and mentored just like everyone else if I'm taking my calling seriously. And I am going to strongly encourage you to find yourself a coach or mentor to help grow your business to heights that you can only dream of. And I just really wanted to share that, Steve, because that really is my truth. Um, and I know I, I, uh, I, I called our friend out there, but, but it really is, just, you know, it's only taken me about 12, 13, or maybe 14 years, 14 years to do that. And so that's why your energy speaks to me, and that's why your story speaks to me. So right, so that's where um, that's where the connection between the Airver Club um, comes becomes important um, yes. for me. And so you were saying, I'm sorry, I want to pick up where we left off. Oh, I was just saying, I you know, again, your message of empowerment and of coaching helps these solopreneurs become entrepreneurs, and it helps the entrepreneurs become business leaders. And we see that transition happening in a what I'll call a chaotic way, mm -hmm. we would like to happen in an organized way. Mm -hmm. And they can't make that transition without the kind of coaching and leadership training you do or without the kind of services we provide. Exactly so right. we think it's important that people look into this and understand what their mission is and how people like you or we can help them get there. Right. And that's why we have formed this relationship. Indeed. And I Indeed. believe this relationship is just going to grow. I believe it's critical to our customers, to our members. I think it's important for you and me because mm -hmm. we have, you know, people, it's always important to have people you believe with in the same things mm -hmm. to run down these missions. It's, it's a long, lonely road. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's nice from my standpoint, Gene, to have you on the team and have you helping us get where we need to be. Well, I'm actually honored because I'm going to tell you, I, I read your uh, biography and, and if you don't mind I'm just going to brag you a little bit folks uh, we're talking to Steve Beeman uh, he's the um, co-founder or founder of the Airvera Club he has a basket of companies that he has formed to assist small to medium sized businesses including the Airvera Club which is Cashify, Merchant Master LLC Job Formist LLC and Aceva Limited LLC Steve is a father of six. Steve, I got to ask you this question, man, before I start reading up your bio. Yeah. How has a father of six managed to raise six children while doing all of the things that you've done? I had to ask that I, question because in your bio it said that you took some time off to to raise your children, your kids. Uh, I was very, very fortunate, Gene, that Chicago Investment Analytics, which was sold to Charles Schwab, provided a great deal of capital resources for me. Mm -hmm. um, I was very blessed with that. And uh, my kids, all things considered, and raising children in today's world is not an easy task. Mm -hmm. They have been relatively easy. I've not dealt with the problems some people deal with. 
Um, I've been, again, very blessed and they've been supporters of mine and it's been helpful to have them on my team. That's awesome. That's really, really awesome. And, you know, I, and Steve, I'm, I'm going to offer this to you. I would like to have this to be a regular segment between the two of us, not to put you on the spot, but I believe that the members of the Air Club can benefit from this conversation. Uh, I also believe yeah, that we put need... Put me on the spot, Gene. I'm all in. Okay, okay. So we'll, we'll uh, you and I offline will set up a regular time for us to uh, have this conversation where we want to highlight uh, certain members of the Airvera Club, and we want to invite and challenge uh, established uh, enterprises to join us on this journey, uh, because we all win when we do this, right? Um, yeah, that's and, exactly right. Right, and so I'm going to brag about you a little bit. You've written um, several books. One is Happiness and Prosperity in the 21st Century: The Five Paths to a Transformed Life. That's available in Jenkins Publishing. The American Dream Under Fire, as you mentioned earlier, Lights On Publishing. And the, the Path to Prosperity, which is also Lights On Publishing. And one of the things that I wanted to ask you um, as I went back and spent some time uh, figuring out really how much we were aligned, you came up, what was the impetus behind the five paths? Because you, they <laughs> are the financial path, the emotional path, the physical path, intellectual path and the spiritual path right and and, and 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 we call that core values is that akin to core values or is it something that is unique to your life journey i think i you know i think of it as unique but it's not and the genesis of that is that like many people i was engaged in, and I don't even like the word, but in a divorce. Mm -hmm. And it's an enormously painful, difficult circumstance, especially Absolutely. when you have six kids. Right. And as I started thinking, talking with my kids, I would tell them, guys, you have four legs of your stool. You have your physical health, your intellectual health, your emotional health, and your mm -hmm. spiritual health. Mm -hmm. If you take one of those away, you can still stand. If you mm -hmm. take two away, you're going to wobble pretty badly. You take three away, you're gone. Right. And I added the financial path because in my life, I needed to be thinking real long and hard about that. Mm -hmm. And so I'd grown up around, you know, investments and money. And so I wrote the Path to Prosperity, which is a 24 lesson audio library on everything from what is a bank, what is an insurance company up to how do you day trade? Wow. 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 That's it was phenomenal. cathartic for me. Right. And can I ask you, what, what led you to the field of, of finance? What, what was the, because I know you, you graduated from <laughs> Purdue University. You, had a, you, had a, you have a degree in political science. And I know this is kind of tail end of the conversation, but it's, it's rather intriguing to me how people are, how their path leads them to their calling. But what led you to the world okay. of Wall Street? So, so when I was young, I, I grew up in a world of you eat what you cook. So I started selling pots and pans when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, did fairly well at that. I established a nice little company with my brothers. And then I moved down to Cincinnati, Ohio, where I got engaged in a number of companies. I had a limousine company. I had different companies. And again, all very, very young. Well, to make a long story short, I got involved in a penny stock that I thought was going to make me rich. And the bottom line is it didn't. It bankrupted me at 23 years old. Wow. And I woke up and said, how the heck did that happen to me? Mm -hmm. So I became a broker for E.F. Hutton. Mm -hmm. I remember E.F. Hutton. That's where I got my start back in the 80s. 
Yeah, right. So I became a broker for them. Um, I transitioned from there to Zach's Investment Research in Chicago, where I absolutely loved it. I was selling institutional research to businesses, and it was so business to business. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I went to Wharton Econometrics, where I was a regional manager selling econometric services to the Fortune 100. And then we started CIA, and that was just a really nice run in my life. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just amazing. And, and I got to ask you this, because as I look at your path, your five paths, one of the things I've always struggled with is in this world of Wall Street, right? And of course, the 80s, we had decadence at some point. How have you, because you asked one question, where do morals come from? How have you aligned your faith and spiritual belief with the world that we live in, with the industry, the sector that we represent? How has that affected the way you do business and how you interact with other individuals in this space. Again, Gene, that's a topic we could go on for weeks, but I'll tell you, I gave a speech and I said to somebody, because they said, how do you claim to be a Christian in a capitalist world? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I said, let me explain it to you because I've dealt with people from the former Soviet Union. I knew the socialist system. And I said, here's how that works. In socialism, you preach altruism, mm-hmm. but you practice scarcity and selfishness Wow! because it's scarce resources and it's a competition to gain scarce resources. In pure capitalism, which I think of more as free marketism rather than capitalism, mm-hmm. but in that world, you succeed by giving and serving others. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, you'll go out of business real quick. And so I look at free market capitalism as a way to give. And I, you know, it's as simple as what you're doing or what I'm doing with the Elevator Club. If we're not giving value. Right. That's right. We won't exist. We're under socialism. I force that value on Mm -hmm. you. And I don't think, Mm -hmm. I think that is Mm -hmm. a way that I can put together my faith together with my business. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's interesting, Steve, that you say that. And I'm really glad you did because that resonates something with me. Is I remember I had, I had bought this home care company uh, and it was an international franchise and we we're having this conversation. And I we were going through a, we were doing role playing and we we're going through a problem solving exercise. And something clicked in my head is that instead of going in and telling them what I need and what I can do for them and here are the features and all the benefits. I switched it up and I said, hey, listen, I want to understand what is it you do. I started asking questions. What it, where are your pain points? And how can I help make your job or your career easier so you can better serve the community that you're serving? And that threw the role player off because they didn't know how to respond to that. That instead right. of me asking for something, I was actually giving something. And it's interesting because that thought process there became their mantra throughout the global, sometimes you gotta be careful what you say, right? Throughout their global franchise, right? And at first there was some pushback, like, well, you know, tell, tell them about what you offer, tell them what you do. And I said, you know, it's not really about me. It really is about they have a problem and I want to work with them to figure out how I can offer the solution 
because ultimately if I'm adding value, and it's not a quid pro quo, some people mis mis mistake that concept. It is really truly to add value without the expectation that I'm gonna get anything in return. And what I've found is that I add value, I'm usually the first person that they call. And I will tell you, I've done sales training and I've explained to salespeople in, in reality of my 40-year career, I've sold more than most of them will ever dream of. Mm -hmm. But I've never sold anything. I've always had buyers buying from me. Mm -hmm. And the reason is a sales process, if you're out to sell someone, you're out to get for you. Mm -hmm. If you're out to solve their problems, you're out to get for them. Mm -hmm. And people are smart. If you solve their problems, they will buy your product or service, assuming it solves the problem. Mm -hmm. You don't have to sell anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, it's true. And, and do you find that that concept, that vision statement, is that one of the hallmarks of the Elver Club? And how is that being received? And then how does that equate to membership from where it was to where it's going? Is it growing? Um, is it growing at a rapid rate? Is the message being received? I know that seems to be a lot of questions in one sentence, but it's a These are the, conceptual The problem. rubber meets the road here, right? Right. We, I have equated the growth of the club over the last month since our inception as a dam. Mm -hmm. We're beginning to see trickles of water through the dam. Mm -hmm. So we're going to see an explosion here in membership over the next six months mm -hmm. because the message is resonating. Our people are trained that they're not out to sell for themselves. They're out to serve that member. Mm -hmm. And that's part of why we call it a concierge and a club manager. And we have ambassadors who represent us mm -hmm. because the ambassadors are out to find a mutual meeting ground. They're not out to sell something. They're out to find businesses who have a need. And if we support that need, great. Mm -hmm. But if we don't, let's find somebody who does. And I think that attitude that's pervasive in the club helps us become a friend to our businesses, mm -hmm. not a, eh, they're out to sell me something. Right, right, absolutely. That's, that's, a, that's amazing. So that's resonating with your business owners, your members. Yep. Okay. And so, and I guess we're going to wrap up here, and I actually really kind of hate to. <laughs> but I, my, my, my shining light is that you and I are going to have this conversation again, um, and it's going to be a part of our regular conversations, I think, that, is iron sharpens iron, you know, one man sharpens another. And you're definitely uh, sharpening me and helping me to refine the offerings that I have. And, and I just want to thank you and the team for allowing our organization to have the opportunity to help those small business owners like myself to do better for themselves, not only just financially, but also along those five paths to help them stay true to their core values because we all do better at that point, right? Um, is Gene, any... go ahead. I'm sorry. The privilege is ours, by the way. I am honored to have you partnering with us on this because the mission is big and it's bold. And I think I have to partner with people who understand that and want the same thing and have resources and value propositions that match what we're doing. And you do perfectly. So the honor is mine. Well, thank you so much. I really do appreciate that. And I'd like to thank you for your time today. I just want to uh, remind our listeners that you're listening to Mr. Steve Beeman. He is the founder of the Elvera Club. You can connect um, with him uh, and the group at theelveraclub.com. Um, 
And may I give my email address? Absolutely, you can. That's what it's all about. Social media as well, how they can link uh, up with you on either Facebook, LinkedIn. So it's it's all you. You do you you uh, you my, close it out. <laughs> my email is steve at elevareclub.com. That's pretty easy. Uh, in terms of social media, it's just my name. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn. I don't do a lot of social media. I leave that to our marketing gurus to sure, uh, sure. do that. The people on social media who are my stated friends are actually my friends. Right. Um, so, but um, I welcome people to check out the club, obviously, and email me if they have specific questions. Um, they should be aware that if I respond, I'll probably copy you on it so you know we're in dialogue. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a, it's a world that we can together build a better place. And I think the work you do, the work we do can all be part of that. You know, I couldn't be more excited in, in uh, actually standing shoulder to shoulder with you and the group and the team that you've assembled um, to, to really kick this off um, because it does align with, with um, my calling, which is becoming our calling. And folks, uh, you can connect with Steve. That's S-T-E-V-E at theoveraclub.com. You can connect with me as well, uh, which is Gene, G-E-N-E, at folksig.com. And Steve, I will... CCU on those emails as well. And I believe that between the two of us and the teams that we have supporting us, that we will be able to positively impact the lives of small business owners, not only just in America, but across the globe. Um, we can actually provide those solutions from a holistic standpoint to help those people take their words and put them into action. And, and this is where I'm so excited about not only your acceptance of being a um, regular um, um, commentator on the on, on the podcast, uh, any initiatives and conversations that we want to have to to either educate or elevate um, not only just the members but those that are contemplating membership. We want to help everybody who wants. To Absolutely, be I was going to say that is an open invitation from everyone that, that is listening to this podcast. I thank you so much for your time, my friend. Um, once, the, um, once the podcast is um, uh, completed, um, you're definitely more than welcome to, to uh, listen to it or re-listen to it on, on the overclub.com's uh, website. Uh, please connect with Steve and the team members there uh, and just open a dialogue and have a conversation. This is a very different approach. We are not trying to aggressively sell anything. Um, we are really trying to positively impact the lives of, the, of, of those people that we come in contact. Would you say that that's a pretty fair assessment of, of what our conversations have been, Steve? I think you just nailed it. We're out to help people. If we help, you'll help us. I mean, it, it, the synergy between well-meaning people trying to move forward on a goal is enormous. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time today. And I do have to say this, let's shoot straight on this one. Thank you for bearing with me and the technical difficulties that I had today. I was so frustrated because I was so excited and so thrilled to have this conversation with you and to share this with our listeners, because as we kick off the Alchemy of Leadership series, Folks, I'm telling you that you have got to like and subscribe to the channel because you are going to learn more than you ever learned. And we really want to absolutely help you change your lives and let you know you're not doing this alone. Steve, thank you so much for your time today, and I look forward to our continued conversation.
blessed, my friend. You too. Thank you. Folks, you've been listening to the Folks on the Federal podcast that we've had with uh, our special guest, uh, Steve Beeman. Uh, we thank you for your time and attention today. And don't forget to reach out to Steve at the elvereclub.com. You can also reach out to us here at the channel at Gene, G-E-N-E, at F-O-L-K-E-S-I-G.com. Until next time, we'll keep dropping wisdom in your left ear and knowledge in your right. Thank <laughs> you.